Okay, my bad. Shut it down. This is Shut it down! That's oh, it! Come on. At least you got a clock radio out of it, right? All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to This Week in Mormons, the Sisters Edition, with your hosts, Arianne Smith and Tiffany Hales. Welcome back. It's been a month. It feels like it's been a year. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Just this last week feels like it's been a year. I keep seeing this meme going around where people say, what a month this week has been. Oh, my gosh. Something like that. (laughs) Well, and you know, when when Jeff recorded last week, uh, so much news, you know, with all the changes to temples and conference and church and Mm -hmm. all of that, I thought for sure this week, you know, we'd be a little bit of a lighter week. And and, uh, because I thought, you know, that that was kind of the mother load last week. And everybody's going to be at home. So what could happen? But Alas, lots have happened. We have lots to discuss today. So things are rapidly changing. So it is a Sunday night that we are here recording. So, um, I know for both of us, this was our second week of home centered church. That's right. Or as Jeff's son likes to call it, pretend church. Oh my gosh. I thought that was so funny. So if you haven't seen it, there is a quote from Jeff's son on uh, the Facebook page, which says, Hey dad, what are we doing for pretend church tomorrow? <laughs> which, you know what? If you're, a f- I think his son is about five. If you're a five year old, you can kind of see how this oh, would yeah. feel like it's pretend church. Totally. It's like you make believe. That you're having a restaurant, make believe church. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely. So ours uh, went well today. Last week we were on our own, but today we actually had a ward meeting via Zoom. Really? Yes. We. Had, oh, okay. Explain. We this. had a missionary that came home this week from New York. Okay. And so she did her homecoming talk over Zoom, and it was actually really cool because it kind of made us. You know, feel connected to the ward, and of course, everybody uh-huh. wanted to hear her talk. Okay, so so how did they uh, explain to me the logistics of how they set all of this up? What they did? Well, they send you the link to get on. Um, they said they were a little bit concerned about if there would be enough for everybody, but because I guess there's a limit on Zoom. Okay, yeah, I know, I know nothing about this. I don't know a lot either, but it worked out. I, I think there were enough. That everybody could get on. I think there were over a hundred households logged into Zoom. Everybody's on mute. I was super nervous when we first got on because I was like, oh gosh, this is muted, right? <laughs> Nobody's going to hear me shushing my children or screaming at them. <laughs> so, um, but no, everybody's on mute, but the bishop, the bishop conducted, he said, welcome to the meeting. The bishop did a great job. Uh, then he, the bishop put up a hymn. Like put up the words to okay. him on the video, and okay. he played the hymn via the LDS Music app. Okay, and we all sang a hymn, but nobody could hear each other. You could only hear your own family. Okay, Bishop turned off his mic, so he wasn't doing a solo performance. Okay, fair enough. And then his wife, Bishop's wife, gave the opening prayer, and then they turned the time over to the missionary who was at her house. Okay, the bishop was able to control who was who okay. was unmuted. So so the so the bishop was the was the administrator administrative yes. person on Zoom. He was the master of ceremonies okay. for the sacrament. Not for, for, for the, the church meeting. meeting. Okay. Yeah. Now did you say something about your husband played? Yeah. <laughs> yes. So my husband was scheduled to do a musical number today. Um for many months he's been prepping this musical number and it was on the schedule for a few months now. So he 
sent the bishop a text a few days ago and he said, Hey, I know you're doing this online. Do you still want me to do it? I will if you want me to. And the bishop was like, Oh yeah, let's do that. (laughs) Okay. So after the missionary spoke, it cut to our house and I was actually upstairs hiding in a bedroom with the children so they wouldn't like run down. In the video of the musical. <laughs> so he just played a piano solo. Um, it went well. Hopefully nobody heard my children in the background. <laughs> but what an incredible... So she was the only speaker, yeah, I Yeah, she was the only speaker. And then after the musical number, it went back to the bishop for closing remarks. Uh-huh. And so it was it was very cool. And then there was a closing prayer. Um, and then that was it. And he said, you know, do the sacrament in your own home uh-huh. or, or through your ministering. Uh-huh people if those arrangements have been made. So Wow. Yeah. Okay, that and so you you feel you figure you had over a hundred ward members yeah. online? There were over a hundred households online. And I don't know, some of those might have been her family members. Oh got it. Or maybe yeah. out of yeah. Out of yeah. the area that wanted to get on and see her. So it was really cool. It it was nice to feel connected to the ward yeah. all together. Even though we couldn't talk to yeah. each other and couldn't see each other. Some people had videos on, some people did not. Uh-huh. Um, cause you can see little squares of who's, yeah. who's on. Yeah. We did not have our video on uh-huh. other than the piano. <laughs> the piano. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was neat. And then Bishop, before he started the meeting, gave a bunch of announcements. Um, uh-huh. a lot of reminders about, you know, take care of your ministering yeah. people. Um, please don't be getting together. Don't go to the church, you know. Yeah. Kind of. Okay. I, I'm blown away. I have not heard of anybody doing this. You know, I, I, I had a friend of mine whose daughter came home, uh, not last week, but the week before. And they, she did a Facebook live on Sunday. She mm-hmm. put an announcement out Sunday noon, Facebook live. Lexi's going to give her homecoming talk. And so it was just anybody who wanted to could log on to Facebook okay. live and see it. But to do the Zoom meeting with everyone in your ward, that is really cool. It was really cool. So it's not going to be an every week thing. Next week, we're on our own again for church. The week after that is conference. But they do have another one of these scheduled. The week after conference, there's a missionary that's supposed to be leaving. Oh, So it's supposed to be a farewell via Zoom that day also. But given the current circumstances, I'm not sure what's going to happen with that. Oh, okay. Yeah, interesting. Okay, I'm going to have to go suggest this to my bishop because we had a we had a missionary that just Mm -hmm. came home, and uh, the bishop has a counselor who's very techie. The counselor could figure all of this out. Yeah, it was really neat. I and and what a good way for the missionaries coming home or leaving because this COVID thing has just disrupted everything Mm -hmm. to be able to have some semblance of normalcy. Because I think it is really important for those missionaries when they return to be able to return and report. That's a big deal to be able to say, this is what I did on my mission. And it's just kind of like the final link in closing the chain or the door on the mission to give your homecoming. And you would feel really cheated if you couldn't. Oh, totally. And there's so many ward members that just wanted to see her and really wanted to give her a hug, which you can't. But now at least they could see her face and hear her talk. And so Uh, it was cool. That's cool. That is really, really cool. So, well, you know, we just did regular sacrament meeting in my house. So I'm not even, I'm I'm not even going to be able to top that. Just when I say regular sacrament meeting, we did the sacrament and then of course did, you know, our come follow me lesson. But Mm -hmm. 
Anyway, let's get into, uh, we've, we've kind of have COVID is the lead off and COVID was part of our opening story and COVID is going to, uh, meander its little way through <laughs> it's all kind of the of, other stories. It's kind of everywhere. It's kind of everywhere. When they say it's a pande- pandemic, they're not kidding. <laughs> yes. So you're so, going to start us off I'm, with many missionary updates. I am going to start us off with many missionary updates. that is just a very... That is changing... Fluid, changing situation. Nearly on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So as many of you know, I have a daughter who is serving in the Texas Lubbock Mission, And I spoke to her a week ago, so last Monday, and at that point in time, they had no cases in Lubbock or in her mission anywhere. They've, Mm -hmm. that sense has changed. But at that point in time, you know, they were just doing their normal thing, going out, meeting with members or meeting with people, teaching all sorts of things. Um, two days later, the church released a statement because there was a lot of chatter on the internet that talked about church. Why are you going out and still having missionaries proselyte? Mm -hmm. You know, they're going into people's homes. They're having contact with a lot of people. That's how the virus spreads. And so two days after I talked to her on the 18th, the church issues a statement that says, okay, during the coronavirus outbreak, missionaries are instructed not to go door to door, which is kind of funny because you've seen those memes floating around the internet of the missionaries knocking on doors going, we know you're home. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so um, they've been instructed not to go door to door or contact people in the street or areas in the U.S. or Canada where COVID-19 is a concern. And um, it still said, you know, hey, if they have to go out to get supplies, um, provided they are healthy and limit their contact with others. They were also instructed not to um, have dinner at members' houses mm. and to kind of limit their contact with members. So when that came out, I was a bit concerned for Shelby. She's very much a go-getter. Right. Um, and, you know, some missionaries are probably going to think, hey, you know, sitting at home for two weeks, probably not a bad gig. Other missionaries, I think that'll be really hard for them. So then the next day after that, so that re- that press release was on the 18th, and then on the 19th, the church sent out another press release that said, um, most of the Latter-day Saint missionaries in Africa will go home to self-isolate for two weeks and then receive temporary assignments to other missions around the world, uh, according to a press release. And um, it says they will receive new temporary assignments in their home country based on capacity and need. And this followed up an action, I believe, that the church took on Tuesday. There were 23 missions in the Philippines, and they were sending all non-Native missionaries home, also all the missionaries from Mongolia uh, and South Korea. Mongolia's missionaries went home on the 27th. South Korea's missionaries went home on the 5th. I saw on Facebook today, apparently, so as we know, the church is very big in the Philippines. There's lots of missionaries getting called to the Philippines, um, American missionaries, as well as native missionaries. I saw on Facebook today that the church had chartered apparently six Delta airplanes to, you know, the airlines aren't doing much flying these days. Why not pick up a charter or two? So they they chartered these six airplanes to go over to Manila and they picked up 1100 missionaries on these airplanes. And so it was cool because you would see there was a picture where there was a, of all the missionaries sitting on the airplane. And all you see is just this sea of white shirts and ties. Mm -hmm. Uh, The girls must've been maybe on another plane or different section. (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, 
But it just got me thinking, you know, I mean, you are moving 1,100 missionaries in one day. You know, I can't even begin to imagine the logistics for the church in having to sort out moving your missionaries. I mean, moving your missionaries is always a moving parts, moving parts, because missionaries are always transferring in, transferring out, you know, those sorts of things. But to have to move so many mass numbers of them at one time, you know, it just made me think, okay, do they fly all the Delta planes from Manila into Salt Lake? Do they say, okay, all missionaries who live on this part of the on this part of America, you get in this plane because you're going to LA. If you live on on the East Coast, get in this plane because we're dropping you off at DC, New York, Boston. Yeah. Two or three to Salt Lake. I don't know. I don't know how they even, I mean, the travel department for the church must just be working on overdrive. It's got to be a logistical nightmare. And there are certain countries that are closing their borders. So there are deadlines and there are flights just canceling like madness. They probably book a flight and it probably gets canceled before they can even get the information out. Even begin. But at the same time, I'm quite happy to see the church being so proactive and making sure to um, protect these missionaries and get them out of regions and get them back to home countries till this thing kind of all blows over, so to speak. But then there was a final mission, I shouldn't say a final missionary announcement. The last, the latest, the last missionary announcement came out Friday. And this is a missionary announcement that I think has the ability to really impact a lot of missionaries. Right. So the mission announcement that came out Friday said that, um, In the coming weeks, based upon world conditions, substantial number of missionaries will likely need to be returned to their home nations to continue their service. This will be done in a systematic way based on the urgency of travel restrictions, the level of COVID-19 concern, and other considerations. So what this means is, um, so this isn't just going to affect missionaries from the United States and Canada, they're trying to sort out all the missionaries and get them back to their home countries, depending on what goes on. When the missionary returns to his or her home country, they have to go through a 14-day period of self-isolation, and then they may be assigned to serve within their home country based on local conditions. Says the term of service for missionaries returning to or serving within the United States will likely be reduced to accommodate the large number of missionaries from returning from around the world, which I, that's, that's the thing that struck me because, um, you know, you are obviously bringing home a number of American missionaries. Mm -hmm. And so if you're going to leave them here in America, you know, you, there's, there's, there's kind of a limited capacity, so to speak. Yeah. So my daughter Shelby is scheduled to come home on August 12th. And I mean, obviously we haven't heard anything as of yet that if that date is going to be moved up, but based on what this story is saying, I think that, I think that there is a good possibility that she will have to come cut her mission short a little bit mm-hmm. in order to accommodate some of these other missionaries. Again, I, uh, my heart just kind of goes out to these kids because, you know, you're assigned to serve in a country, you know, maybe you're there for a long period of time and love the people and now you're being yanked home. Maybe you've just barely got there and now you're being yanked around. And there's just a, there's just a lot of uncertainty for them. But I think also a really great opportunity for these kids to go, I'm going to have to buck up and have a lot of faith. Yeah. And faith that, you know, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. 
and and faith for those that maybe get their missions cut short as well who would lo- who would have liked to have continued to serve to say hey you know this is a sacrifice i have to make so that others can have an opportunity to serve so yeah anyway and and who knows like i said 3 days in a row 3 press well 4 days in a row mm-hmm. four press drops from the church on the continuing ever changing nature of missionaries yeah. and the status of missionaries it's changing very quickly i know we've got a few coming home this week from our ward that we just found out to i mean it, we just find yeah. out it's been so rushed and last yeah. minute in fact we have two coming home today and our bishop sent out an email to everybody saying, Hey, you know, we want to welcome them home, but obviously you cannot, they're quarantined. So the alternative idea was anybody who wants to welcome them home, go stick a sign in their yard. They're getting, they're getting home at midnight, go put a sign in their yard. So they'll see it when they get home. So people are coming up with creative ideas. And I saw another video on Facebook of a missionary who'd been home and people were driving by the house honking and they had signs out of their car saying, welcome home. Leaning out the window. So I, I do have to say it's been kind of fun to watch how members have adapted, how creative they have gotten in being able to continue on some of these traditions while still practicing social distancing. That's right. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, lots of, uh, lots, lots of changes and. Okay. So that's our missionary that's, news. That's our missionary news. But we are still on the topic of COVID-19. So other news this week, a BYU-Idaho student tested positive. Uh, I believe this is the first BYU student we know of, yes. at least. I haven't seen anything that a provost, that any, right. that provost students tested yeah. positive. So, and he, this guy was one of the first few in Idaho. He was. Uh, it, so it said he be, became symptomatic while he was out of state in an area that did have it, and then he got back to Rexburg on Wednesday, March 11th, sought medical care on March 12th, and was diagnosed, and he's been staying home. So hopefully didn't infect a lot of students there. I don't know. We don't have a lot of details. Well, and you have to wonder, you know, it does not sound like this guy is married, so it sounds like he's single. Mm -hmm. So imagine you're one of his roommates, you know, he's feeling sick out of state, I don't know where he was, if it was a place he could stay, but he chooses to come back to Rexburg, (laughs) living in the apartment. I mean, and again, some apartments have private bedrooms, some apartments have shared bedrooms, Right. but you're sharing bathrooms, you're sharing kitchens. Yeah. Oh, I'd be mad if I was his roommate. It's very tricky. I don't know. It's it's like just tricky times out there. Yeah. I was in Target earlier this week. Okay. Stocking up on supplies. Don't worry, I'm not leisurely strolling target these days <laughs> but i was thank going- you for that disclaimer <laughs> as one needs to disclaimer nowadays well and especially in target because that that is a, that is a, a, an activity to leisurely stroll through the target anyway, in non-covid times i know i had to sneeze and i was like choking to keep my sneeze in because i was like these people are gonna panic if i sneeze now <laughs> Okay, that's funny. <laughs> so it's a tricky time, and you don't know if someone has allergies or if someone 
really is sick or, you know. Exactly. Exactly. So, all right. So our next COVID-related story uh, relates to Deseret Industries. Now, this is probably obviously only going to affect those that live in the Intermountain West because that's primarily where the Deseret Industries are. But this story came out on March 17th. It says, All Deseret Industries thrift stores will close to the public, but remain open to serve some individual needs due to the spread of COVID-19. It does say that the stores will be closed to the public for shopping and and donations, but will remain open to support the needs of individuals served by the bishops, by the bishops orders and community uh, partner grants. Now, I was a little disappointed when I heard this. And let me explain to you why I was a little disappointed. So with all this social distancing and staying in my house, um, if you're like me, I have a list a mile long of things that I need to do around my house, whether it's yes. fix up projects around my house, whether it's cleaning something out, uh, whether it's organizing something. And so I have tried to, to remain in some sort of a productive state during COVID-19 so I don't turn into a complete slug. And one of the things I've been doing is addressing some of those areas in my house that need a little attention. I have a big old DI pile now. I know. <laughs> I have a running pile too. And with the DI closed, I cannot take my DI pile anywhere. And it just grows and grows and <laughs> grows in my garage. So we need the COVID-19 to get over with so we can get back to giving donations to the DI. That's true. I worry for those employees when it opens back up. Because if you live in Idaho or Utah and you have ever been to the DI in January oh. to drop off your stuff. Oh. When people are organizing. It's yeah. the beginning of the year. Yeah. This is going to be like January times 10 when it opens back up. Oh, that's so because true. Because so many people are going to be cleaning yeah. out their houses. Yeah. Oh, what else what are you going to do? do? <laughs> you know, you, you, you have limited options. You can clean your house. It is nice enough outside to do yard work. And, and, and then suppose, and then if you're married, you can engage in some other activities as well. <laughs> Go for a walk. Go for a walk. Exactly. And homeschool your children. Homeschool your children. That's what I'm doing right now. All right. Okay. Um, what's next? Oh, general conference updates, another round due to COVID. So, uh, they released this week, some update updated guidelines for what general conference will look at. They had already updated it last time we got an update. It was going to be just, it was going to be in the conference the general center. authorities and the choir with no audience in the conference center. Right. Well, now that our gatherings are needing to be smaller, they've updated again they will do each session kind of separately in an auditorium on Temple Square and in the room for each session will only be the speakers for that session, the prayers for that session, and the first presidency. Um, so not even the Quorum of the Twelve. I know. Which is so different. It's and then so weird. The choir will be pre-recorded. Um, which is also gonna be different not to have that live choir. I know. But I'm thinking Luckily for them, they probably have a plethora of options that require yeah. that choir has been recorded so many times, so many places, so many songs, like they are not lacking for musical numbers. Which is true. But I have a thought on that that I've that uh-huh. I have been mulling over in my head since this story broke that the choir music was going to be pre-recorded. 
you have to figure, okay, you know, President President Nelson said, obviously, last general conference, right. that this general conference would be like no other. I'm sure he had no idea this little COVID-19 was going to impact his life. So, and let me just go off topic for a minute. I wonder, what were the original plans for general conference? Because clearly these were not the original plans for general conference. And will we ever know what the original plans for general conference were? But that's just a side note. Right. So now getting back to the music. So I figure that the choir has probably been working on one or two like really special numbers for general mm-hmm. conference. It wouldn't surprise me if they even had some new music that they were going to debut at general conference for part of this celebration of the restoration. Mm-hmm. So in anticipation early March, could they see kind of how this COVID thing was going? Did Mac Wilberg get them all there before the state of Utah declared no more than 10 people in right. a room? And dress rehearsal. And make them pre-record their music early because you got to figure they've been practicing it for a while. That's true. And so I think it'll be really interesting to see the choir's pre-recorded music and see is this something they have pulled from something they have previously done or is this their whole slate of music that they were planning for right. conference originally and Mac was just like, snap, snap, come on, we're going to get that recorded right That's now. That's right. But how will we know? We need some choir experts out there that well, like see, super, super pay attention and know which ones. <laughs> Here's how I think we know. Okay. Okay. So first of all, if, you know, we're obviously, I assume we would visually see the choir right. on television. So if during their many musical acts in any one given session, they have different little costumes on, you know, because they always wear, oh, right. you know, then we're going to know this is like two or three pieced together, pieced together That's stuff. True. That's true. If they are consistent in their costumes, we will know. The other thing too, is I think we will be able to look at it and, um, you know, all the choir shots that they do at general conference. Yes, they have close-ups of the choir, but then they also shoot little shots of the 12 and of everybody mm-hmm. sitting there. That's true. Um, now I suppose they probably have footage that they could go back and they cut all, cut it, call yeah. it, cut out of that out. But I, I think we will be able to tell if this is new music for this conference or if this is something they pulled together that's pre-recorded. But the other thing I thought about too is, can you imagine being a choir member kicking back in your chair at home watching general <laughs> conference on TV going, no, if that doesn't mess with your mind. No. <laughs> They're probably going to really enjoy that, right? Like, oh, I could just sit here and relax for conference. I don't know. I mean, I wondered, do they enjoy it? Or are they like, I want to be in the conference center seeing my little heart out. I don't know. That's true. Anyway, either way, uh, it will be an interesting conference. Yes. Yes, it will. And never in our wildest dreams last October when we were predicting here on TWIM, when we did our conference roundup, we did predictions for what we thought this conference would look like. We all thought it would be in like... Yeah, out we, east. We thought they would have remote live yeah. tie-ins yeah, or some take New it on York the road yeah. or, you know, uh, nobody, nobody, nobody pegged this one. No, I'll tell you what though. I loved this idea. I saw somebody post, I don't know where I saw it posted when this first started happening. I saw somebody post, wouldn't it be nice if they took conference and gave us like spread it out? And gave us a few talks every week that we could use for our Sunday worship oh. and spread it over however long this is going to be. <laughs> 
maybe they want you to re-listen to those talks every Sunday for how long it's going to be. And I was like, oh, I love that idea. But that would also feel yeah. weird not to have like an actual yeah. big conference. Yeah. So I have to tell you, I am so looking forward to conference. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, more so probably than I ever have before, just because of all the crazy that's going on. Mm-hmm. I love the idea that I'm going to be virtually gathering with saints around the world, mm-hmm. kind of like what you did in your Zoom thing. And just to hear the words of the apostles and President Nelson and just to feel the peace that comes with those words and, mm-hmm. and to feel the spirit. And I just, I, I, I could hardly wait yeah. to soak it all up. Yeah, me too. And just interesting facts along with this article about conference. Last time there was general conference without the public invited was World War II. Um, they did a leaders only conference that was held in the assembly hall. And then also, I did not know this, when the Spanish flu pandemic was going on, they postponed the April 1919 General Conference for two months. And luckily today, I mean, I'm sure that if we did not have the technology we have today, that would be the case. Exactly. fortunately, we don't have to postpone. And I'm very grateful because we need it now. So, well, and wasn't there a more recent one? It says in 1957. Oh, right. In 1957, church leaders completely canceled general conference during an Asian flu epidemic. Now, which that wasn't that long ago. And I don't remember ever hearing about that. I don't remember hearing about that either. In fact, when I read that, I, well, first of all, I was like, dang, I wish my parents were alive because then I could ask them about that. Right. But I even pulled up our, I went to our grandparents' histories to see if there was anything in our grandparents' histories about it. Oh, you did? I did because I was so curious about this because again, that's, Mm. you know, 1957 is not that long ago and um, nothing. Interesting. Nothing. So I'm really curious what somebody who was alive in 1957 and remembers this can kind of give a compare and contrast to what's going on today. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Okay. What do we have next? Oh, I've got the the illustrious McKay Coppins. Oh, McKay Coppins wrote a great article on food storage and the stockpile of food in his garage. So I loved this article so much because I completely related to it. He um, wrote this for The Atlantic, and he is just kind of explaining that as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we have been just built in with this mindset, with this mindset since we were small children um, about planning and prepping and having food storage. And he talked about how it's, you know, there's this quirky subculture within our faith that of preppers. preppers and canners and gardeners and all the things. And um, he talked about how, you know, this comes from literally just our history and yeah. moving west and being prepared and always having enough. And well, and he talks about how when the saints were leaving an area, they would plant a crop for the next saints that were coming right, along. Right, right. And so he talks about as a kid, he didn't think twice about it. You grow up in the LDS church, you have a food storage room, you have number 10 cans. You may even have number 10 cans (laughs) under your bed. And so he said his friends that weren't members of the church would get a kick out of it. Um, But he just, you know, to him, it was normal normal life. And then he talks about how... 
how just the sense of relief it gives you, like personal peace, yes. just knowing that you have this food stashed now, away. Let me ask you this. So when this whole COVID-19 thing started uh-huh. and you realized, okay, I may be stuck at home for a period of time. Right. What did you and your husband do? Well, <laughs> I, of course, mentally assessed what do I have yes. already in my garage. And because exactly as he was talking about in this article, because this has been ingrained in me yes. since I was little, I have... A- a fairly good amount in my garage. So did you did you take a physical inventory as well as your mental inventory? Uh, I didn't take a physical inventory. No. Okay. I didn't go that far, but I kind of know like I have a rotating yeah. pantry out there of stuff that I use all the time. Yeah. And so I kind of know and I bought a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but I didn't have to go crazy because yeah. I do always like on a regular basis when I make a meal for the week, if I'm gonna use a can of beans, even if I have one in my cupboard, uh-huh. I'll buy one. So to that replace. I can replace and yeah. cycle through what's in my cupboard. And that is just, he's talking about that in this article, how it's just in our subconscious to do that. So when you went through and made your mentalist, did you uh-huh. kind of get this peace of mind that he's talking about in this oh, article? Yeah, totally. How about you? Yeah. Because th- you guys have been pretty good about we have we have been pretty good about it. Um when I lived in Utah, my husband at that time, mm-hmm. we purchased a whole bunch of the the dried long term like food storage. Um and then I was awarded the food storage in the divorce. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. So you well, still have a lot of that? So, yeah. And uh-huh. so, um, so I moved all my food storage up here, which at the time seemed kind of crazy, oh, but gosh. we could talk a lot about moving food storage. Oh, yeah. We, th- we could go off on a whole tangent about moving food storage. <laughs> anyway, but all of mine was at least in, I mean, it's in number 10 cans. It's uh-huh. in five gallon buckets, et cetera. That's like the serious stuff. The, the serious mm-hmm. stuff, the more, the more kind of long term stuff. And so, Darren and I went outside in our garage and kind of looked at what we had and stuff. And I have the same thing. I've got shelves in my garage and I do kind of a rotating pantry. And, you know, I realized there were four or five things I was a little bit low on, but um, I was able to go out and find those things that I was low on, um, did not hoard, bought a reasonable mm-hmm. amount. But yeah, it, I really related right. to what he said in the article about just having that peace of mind. Right. And I loved it because... He was so funny. He talked about how when he was newlywed, they were gi- uh-huh. they were gifted food storage by his mother in law, and I was like raising my hand, "Me too, me too." <laughs> and they were in an apartment, yeah. and they had it under their bed. That is the life I lived. Also, in my early twenties, every time we saw my mother in law, she would give us more food storage. Bless her heart. And we do not have that anymore because we did a cross-country move at one point in time and we gave her all our food storage back. (laughs) We said, thank you. We really appreciate it, but we can't haul this across the country. Yeah. We gave it back. But when we came back across the country, we started acquiring it ourselves. By the time we came back across the country, we had a small family. And so there was a cannery local and they would do orders. So we started, you know, gathering a few things. It's not like we have a year supply, but yeah. But uh yeah, it's just it's so funny how it's it's seriously just part of our it is culture. Such a culture ingrainment sort of a thing. Yeah. It's which is funny to me because I also keep seeing these things online saying that and I don't know the facts if this is truth or just people's okay. opinions, but I keep I've seen several things online this week just memes and stuff on Facebook yeah. saying that it's official Utah is the number one state for like 
hoarding, like oh. I 100% believe that. <laughs> like ravishing the grocery stores. Exactly. So part of me is like, why? You should, they probably already have more than most people yeah. in other states, yeah. but it must just be the I, mental I trick. I think of it, it is all. the whole mental It's the mental trick game. Like, I might not have enough. Prepare, prepare, prepare. <laughs> exactly. Well, and especially, I don't, I don't think the leaders say it as much as they did, mm-hmm. like in the 70s. When I right. was a kid in the 70s growing up, I swear that was just like, it was a huge, oh, was huge. focus of the church. Mm-hmm. Huge. Um, and so I, I, I think that, you know, maybe for millennials, they haven't heard that as much, but gosh darn it, their grandparents and their parents sure did. That's so, right. You know, the other interesting thing about, about the food storage, and I don't know if you have, have found this now that we are more self isolating. Um, first of all, I usually only cook dinner Sunday through Thursday. Mm-hmm. You know, usually Friday, Saturday night, we're eating out. So now I'm doing dinner seven days a week. <laughs> yeah. But I am, I, so I'm like, I, there's, there's a part of me that's like, like, ugh, it's Friday, I have to cook. <laughs> but then there's another part of me that is like, I, I feel like I am bonding with my pioneer heritage, <laughs> you know, uh, we were, we were super fortunate growing up in the fact that, you know, our mom made everything from scratch, mm-hmm. you know, she didn't buy a lot of processed foods. So when it comes to having to take raw ingredients and make everything from scratch, I, I feel super blessed for though having those talents and skills that I learned because of, because of our mom. Right. So, um, and, and just to look at and say, okay, you know, what do I have? Right. You know, like I bought this big bag of carrots. And so I'm like, okay, I need to make something that I can use those carrots with. Right. So what meat can I combine with those carrots to create this meal that we're, I can feed my family? We're all going to get very, very creative on our recipes here real quick. It's so true. <laughs> so, so yes, I, I, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm drawing on ancestral times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. All right. One last COVID thing. COVID-19 thing that we're going to hit on really quick. I won't talk a lot about it, but Mark Rober, he has a YouTube channel. Uh, he is the one that did the like catching the package thieves on the doorstep with the glitter bomb. Yes. And he is a member of the church. Um, on his YouTube channel this last week, he posted a thing about germs and used a black light and kind of explained like, how germs get spread all over surfaces and how long they last. Anyway, it was very interesting, very good for kids. He, oh. It's definitely geared towards kids. Okay. So it's kind of a fun science-y thing if you want to watch it with your kids or if you need to explain to your kids, like, look, this is why you got to wash your hands, <laughs> which is what I need to do with my children. Ah. So I'll be showing it to them. Uh, but we'll. I'm sure Jeff will put up a link to that if anybody wants to watch it. It's kind of fun. Okay. All right. Well, as if COVID-19 wasn't enough to uh, ravage our lives, Utah decided to have a little earthquake this week. And they freaked the freak out. Oh my gosh, they freaked the freak out. (laughs) To use Utah terminology. Oh my goodness. And to top it all off, as if they weren't freak the freaking out enough, the angel Moroni lost his trumpet. And that was like the cherry on top of the freak out cake. (laughs) Like, oh my gosh. 
I don't know. I heard there was panic. My brother-in-law's there. He said people were making a run on like gas stations, lines, trying to get gas, which makes no sense to me because we're supposed to be staying home. (laughs) Why are you buying gas? Are you fleeing the state of Utah now? Well, and, and so, so on Wednesday, I believe it was Wednesday, they had this earthquake. 5.7 on the Richter scale. So significant. Significant. Not, not the, not the big one, so to speak, uh-huh. but certainly not insignificant. Right. And ever since Wednesday, they have had a series of a lot of aftershocks. In fact, even today, they had a 4.1 aftershock. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that that is also, so you have this big 5.7 earthquake, yeah. then you have all these aftershocks, and it is just it is just adding. Right. And it's in and the middle of the coronavirus thing. Yes. So it was kind of like the perfect storm yes. for like freaking out. Exactly. And it was in Magna. So, mm-hmm. you know, pretty significantly close to the Salt Lake area. You know, they've had earthquakes in the past. Some of them have been a little further distanced away, but, uh, but this one wasn't. And so as you stated, uh, the angel Moroni lost his trumpet. And that was like the leading story in the news yes. uh, after the earthquake is that uh, you see pictures of Moroni on top of the Salt Lake Temple. Now, I can't help but think if this had been a Moroni on another temple, it would have been like, oh, yeah, Moroni lost his, his trumpet. But the Salt Lake Temple is so iconic right. and such a centerpiece to our church that to have the very angel Moroni on top of the very Salt Lake Temple lose his trumpet made everybody lose their shiz. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, so his trumpet fell off and it fell kind of down onto a lower roof. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, they immediately got KSL's Chopper 5 out there to circle around the temple uh, and show the uh, the Moroni from every angle yes. and his trumpet on the temple. And so it says um, also there was some minor displacement of some of the temple's uh, smaller spire stones. But most importantly, no workers were injured. Right. They sent all of the workers home that day mm-hmm. um, while they inspected everything. And, um, you know, you you kind of got to think that they're probably going to have to take Moroni down yeah. and, and get his trumpet fixed and replace him. But, you know, I wonder, okay, are they going to, like, just get a new Moroni? Or are they going to – or is this – I don't even know if this is the original Moroni. I don't know. If he's like, you know, if they've had a couple of different Moronis on the temple. That's a really good question. Who knows that? I know. I feel like Jeff would know that. Jeff might know that. Figure, figure that out, Jeff. Figure that out, Jeff. Is this the original Moroni to the mm-hmm. Salt Lake Temple? Or has he been replaced several times? Because I would think if it was the original Moroni, they're going to want to try and put his trumpet back on him <laughs> and put him back up there. Yeah. Or maybe they'll just get a new Moroni and then they'll put him on display in the Church History Museum. Oh, yeah. Because that would be kind of cool to see, too. That would be cool to go to the Church History Museum and see a trumpetless Moroni. Mm -hmm. Earthquake in the middle of COVID. That's right. That's right. So anyway, luckily, structurally... The temple was okay, yes. although we know they're fixing it up for this very purpose. Exactly. Anyway. They're doing seismic <laughs> upgrades to it. So everything else, it says there were 12 meeting, house, 12 meeting houses that had structural damage in the Magna area. And also the Beehive, Beehive Clothing Manufacturing Plant also sustained some damage. So that's closed for now. Um, but every building on Temple Square... And including church headquarters seems to be okay. Checked out okay. So, 
And there was lots of people saying, oh, the big one must be coming after this, that this was kind of anticipation of the big one. Right. And they have said, no, this was just a 5.7. Right. You know, the big one could happen tomorrow, could happen three years right. from now. They said this was not related. This th- That this was not related. So. But I've heard it said that this is a warning to y'all. <laughs> so... Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> okay, what's next? Oh, this is a little story. It kind of got lost last week in all the uh, coronavirus stuff. There was a LDS missionary that was kidnapped in Guatemala on Saturday evening. Not this, but a week ago. Uh, it says church officials worked over the weekend with local authorities, and she's been released. Uh, She was a sister missionary who was from Honduras. She's safe. Everything worked out. That's about all the details they gave. Yeah, Not a lot. Not a lot of details. And I don't know if that's because we're too busy focusing on other things, but we are very glad she is safe. It sounds scary, whatever it was. Exactly. And in sad news, there's two other missionaries who unfortunately uh, aren't so safe. There was a missionary in Sierra Leone, and uh, he passed away. I believe, if I recall correctly from the press release, he had some sort of an some sort of an illness mm-hmm. that they were treating him for, and that he passed away. And then um, there was a sister missionary in Houston who died in her sleep. Mm-hmm. She had been sick, but not like significantly sick. And right. I just that just hurts. It hurts my heart to lose a missionary regardless. Right. You know, I think about this sister in Houston because obviously I've got a daughter serving in Texas and I just think, you know, if my daughter were to wake up and her mission companion had passed away in the nighttime, just how emotionally taxing that would be for that poor companion yeah. who, you know, wakes up and, and finds her there, uh, you know, in addition to the sadness that mm. the, that you would feel as a parent, um, to have your, to have your missionary pass away. So our hearts go out to yeah. those two families who've lost their, their children in, so sad. in missionary service. So sad. All right. Okay. Should we move on to one of our favorite segments of the show, which we lovingly call Mormons behaving badly? Yes, we will move on to Mormons behaving badly because apparently coronavirus <laughs> does not stop Mormons <laughs> from behaving badly. Because we do have one this week, although this person is at large. So in Rexburg, uh, they are searching for whomever stole toilet paper, hand sanitizer, latex gloves, and other items from BYUI janitorial closets. Um, It said the thefts happened sometime between Thursday and Friday, this last Thursday and Friday. And they don't know who did it. It's... (laughs) Um, you know, obviously in Rexburg, they're having problems we're having everywhere with toilet paper and hand sanitizer being available in the grocery stores. And so somebody just helped themselves to the janitorial closets at BYUIO. Now, since this person is not, has not been identified as of yet, per se, we don't know if they are a Mormon behaving badly or a non-Mormon behaving badly, <laughs> but given the structure of Rexburg, given the fact that you would have to know where the janitorial closets <laughs> were at BYU-Idaho, I am going to say that circumstantial evidence points to the fact that the individual who did this is probably a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Odds are not in our favor. Odds are not in our favor. We can only hope they are giving them away to some local nurses 
and not reselling them on the internet. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and it kind of goes along the, I know Jeff talked about this story, the BYU student who came up through the tunnels and was stealing food service food. That was just like two weeks ago. What is up with these BYU students Mm. thinking that, you know, this is just a free for all. (laughs) Anyway, so my recommendation is if you are hard up on toilet paper and you have a church key, don't go to the church and take it out of the janitorial supply closet. Might be tempting. Yeah, might be tempting. Resist, resist the temptation. Resist the temptation. All right. And one last story in Mormons behaving badly. You may recall last time we podcasted, we talked about Lori Velo. She is also from Rexburg. Rexburg is getting its, uh, it's having its moment. Yeah, it is. Uh, between the Lori Velo story, they got a BYU student, they got theft on their campus. Yeah. Anyway, so she is the Rexburg mom whose two children have not been seen since September of 2019. And um, uh, prior to this COVID virus, she was just all over the news. Like she was the lead story in all of the media in Idaho, in all of the media in Utah. There was a Dateline special. There was a Dateline special. She was just all over the news. They arrested her in Hawaii. They brought her back to Idaho. They brought her back to Idaho. They did an initial arraignment of her in Idaho, and her bail was reduced, but she still hasn't been able to make bail. So she's cooling her heels over in the jail in Madison County. She was scheduled to have a preliminary hearing this last week on the 18th and 19th of March, but there is a mountain, and I literally mean a mountain of paperwork and evidence that they have to sort through. So that's now been moved to May. But you may recall that prior to COVID-19, it was just a media circus surrounding her. In fact, one of the arguments her attorney made in the bail reduction hearing is, Yarner, you don't have to worry about her escaping because the media is following her, 20, following her 24-7, and that's better than the sheriff or anybody else can do. Anyway, so what I decided to do for Mormons Behaving Badly in honor of Lori Velo is, um, do you ever watch The Tonight Show and Jimmy Fallon does his thank you letters? Yes, I love his thank you letters. It's one of my favorite segments. Okay, so I have drafted a thank you letter to COVID-19 from Lori Velo. <laughs> okay. Allow me to read my thank you letter. Okay. So if Lori Vallow were to write a thank you letter, this is what she would say. We need the music. I know. I know. I wish we had the music. Maybe Jeff can edit the music in for us. (laughs) Dear COVID-19, thank you for becoming a worldwide pandemic and taking the heat off the media pandemic about my missing children. Thank you for making the trending hashtag, where's the TP, rather than where are the kids? And thank you for making my prediction that the world will end on July 22nd, 2020, not seem like a crazy idea. Sincerely, Lori Velo. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> yes. people. That is like the running joke in Idaho. I know. People keep saying maybe she was onto something because exactly. she was predicting the end of the world this summer. She was the pre- <laughs> she was one of the preppers that McKay Coppins lovingly talks about in his article. And yes, she thought the world was going to end on on in July of this year and it is the running joke of maybe she's not as crazy as we think. <laughs> oh dear. All right. Let's move on to our favorite things. Okay, we decided this month for our favorite things, we would just kind of combine Yes. And share with you all, and we will put these on our Instagram, our Twin Sisters Instagram page. We decided to combine efforts and share with you all some of our favorite memes because we both are in agreement 
that the one good thing to come out of all of this coronavirus stuff has been the memes. Exactly. They are the only thing keeping me laughing at this point in time. The memes are freaking hilarious. They are so funny. Every few days, there are new ones going around. And I am so appreciative of the people who are creating these memes because seriously, in all this mass pandemic chaos, it is nice just to have a good chuckle and realize we can't all take this. That's right. We we, we got to lighten up every once in a while. This too shall pass. This right? too shall pass. Okay, so you start. Okay. We'll, we'll just go back and forth with some of our favorite ones, describing them and talking about them. And so why don't you okay. start with yours and then I'll I'll pick one of mine. Okay, I'm going to start with my number one. This was my favorite one this week because I, too, became a homeschool parent this week. Our children's school was moved online and we tested it out for a few days this week. Um, so my favorite was homeschool day one, wondering how I can get this kid transferred out of my class. <laughs> I really did have that thought. <laughs> So how about you? <laughs> My number one is um, prediction. There will be a minor baby boom in nine months. And then one day in 2033, we shall witness the rise of the quarantines. <laughs> okay. All right. Should I do another? Do Yeah. Let's, let's, let's just, we've got some time here. Let's just do about five or six each, maybe more. Okay. So other one I loved, also homeschool related. All these kids been learning Common Core math, about to learn how to carry the one from their new homeschool teachers. So true. Yes. <laughs> I like this one. We are about three weeks away from knowing everyone's true hair color. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, this one was funny. Uh, just realized in 25 years, there's going to be an American Girl doll who lived through the coronavirus pandemic, and her $86 accessories will be a little Nintendo Switch, a tiny thing of Clorox wipes, and a fake bread that she learned to bake herself from a YouTube video. Oh my gosh, that is so good. I've not seen that one yet. Okay, here's another one I like. It has a picture of a Michael Ballum. And for those of you who uh, <clears throat> maybe don't recognize the name, think Satan in the Temple movie. Anyway, so there's a picture of him and it says, you can buy anything in this world with toilet paper. <laughs> That's a good one. Okay, this is going to be my last one I share. This was actually not a meme, but it's a handwritten paper oh, that somebody like took a picture one. of by a kid named Ben. It says 31620 homeschool. Uh, he wrote on the paper, it is not going good. My mom's getting stressed out. My mom is really getting confused. We took a break so my mom can figure this stuff out. And I'm telling you, it is not going good. <laughs> you had a child who could have written that this uh, yeah, week. I feel like that was written by one of my kids, but that was Ben. Okay, here's another one. Uh, gotta say that the class of 2020 outdid themselves with senior skip day this year. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> and I like this one. Can we uninstall 2020 and reinstall it? I believe it has a virus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I agree. And then I saw this one today. Due to the short supply of disinfectants and cleaning supplies, dirty deeds will no longer be done dirt cheap. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, I will end with, um, there is a picture and on one side of the picture 
is a picture of Angel Moroni on the Salt Lake Temple, trumpetless. And on the other side is the picture of Angel Moroni that appears in your Gospel Library app, only he's trumpetless. And it says, be sure to update your Gospel Library app. (laughs) Oh, that's good. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so we'll slap a bunch of these up on our Twim Sister Instagram page in case you missed any of them. Um, We just wanted to give you a good little something to laugh about in this time of craziness and we just, we really hope everybody's safe out there. We hope you're healthy. We hope you are getting through this with your families. We and, hope you're social distancing. Yep. So we just, we're thinking of you and hope everybody's safe. Yep. Wash your hands, just like you learned in kindergarten. 20 seconds under the water with with uh, with soap and warm water. Get those germs going away. Social distance yourself, folks. And that is the beauty of this week in Mormons is it can continue on. That's right. Despite the pandemic. So thank you for listening. We super appreciate it. And stay safe, everyone. Good night. Good night.